initially when you go to a hospital, you assume that there's a routine or a, you know, or some sort of a pattern that you would go through and everything to do with this has been just the opposite of anything that I've ever experienced before. Oh man. Okay. Fuck. I feel like it's like supposed to be different this time. You know what I mean? Like it was really off the cuff the first time that we had a conversation this is something that had just happened. And I'm like, Kev, and I was uncertain as to whether or not I wanted to cover this topic because man, it just spider webs into so many different things. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's, and it's hard too, cause when you're in it, you're trying to uh, get a, you know, get a lead on it. And mm. uh, it always has a jump on you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin, Kevin Street, this is Kevin's story. And how long ago was it that we first talked? When were you injured by vaccine? Uh, May 6th was the the original or the initial date of change. Okay. So I just want to be clear to the viewers right now is that this is not a piece on whether you should make a certain health choice or not. This is my friend, Kevin. Uh, We've told his story previously, and we're basically kind of doing a follow-up here. So if there was to be anyone else that were to, unfortunately, have what happened to Kevin, happen to them, that we can kind of make some progress on getting the help that that person needs. And Kevin, you've had an incredibly difficult time getting help since day one. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a real tough road to try and figure out and navigate through because there's just, um, initially when you go to a hospital, you assume that there's a routine or, a, you know, or some sort of a pattern that you would go through and everything to do with this has been just the opposite of anything that I've ever experienced before in an illness at a hospital level you know, at, at pretty much, pretty much everything involved has been something new and it's not something that I would have expected to have to go through because that's generally the profession of professionals, you know, you go there and you say, Hey, I don't know how to do this. And they help you. This has not been that case at all. And, and if anything, I feel as though the injured have been helping them Right. Uh, with, with this process. Okay. So I don't want to spend too much time going back because people can go check out that video. I'll make sure to have it in the links. So this happened to you in May and how long after you got that poke, did you start to feel these symptoms? Symptoms onset that evening. Um, and then they progressed, uh, uh, over the course of four days within two and a half weeks of behaving extremely lethargic and, and, uh, somewhat fluish. Um, that was when I collapsed and then the real bad stuff really, really came in. Um, at which point nobody really knew anything about, and everyone was, uh, you know, just kind of gassing it off. And, uh, I ended up, you know, obviously being persistent in, in my symptoms and making sure that, 
they did believe me and understand what was going on. Um, I didn't know at that time that it was going to turn into a huge issue with a lot of others. But at this point in my life, I'm glad that I opened that can of worms way back in May to at least get this process started. Right. So you really just thought maybe you had a flu in the beginning, so you weren't alarmed. Let's list off um, the most severe symptoms that you've had that have been progressing since things started to get bad. Okay. Um, So first one was the collapse. Body tremors lasting an hour and a half, two hours of full out um, exhausting tremors. Um, I have, uh, my blood is now messed up to the sense where it's extremely thin. Um, so it's, uh, it's perfect for delivering a clot. Um, so it's conditioned well. Um, the brain fog is, uh, is similar to being underwater, uh, nonstop in a bubble of, you know, stuff that you just feel kind of outside of yourself. Uh, the ringing in my ears has still, uh, is still nonstop every day. Uh, all day, uh, very loud. It uh, that's been going for five months now. Um, um, walking, obviously, I have a horrible gait now. I can't, uh, I can't uh, walk properly. Um, however, I'm trying to stay out of the wheelchair and trying not to uh, rely on walk aids because of the diagnosis that ended up coming through and uh and just the fact that uh those types of aids won't um won't help me they'll look as though they're helping me but they'll progress the actual disease so um i'm trying to be as positive and trying to fight as much of this as i possibly can to uh to prove otherwise right there's there's tons like I have um, blood vessels that have popped all over my body now. I've got black veins, blue veins. I've got red veins surfacing. My whole body itches all the time. feels like there's bugs on me when I'm going to bed at night because my nerves are firing so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it is horrible. Like there is when, when something else happens it makes your mind just say, really, is it even possible that there could be something else? Right. And, and it is, and there's no meds. Right. So obviously a lot of physical trauma, psychological trauma, and not just from what you're going through in regards to dealing with this injury. Uh, but I remember this very early on when I was sharing your story on my social media and one lady warned me in regards to having this conversation with you because you might be faking. Mm. And I said, wow, like if you had shared on social media that your daughter was injured this way and anyone was to question that, you would be heartless. What is it like for you knowing that there's naysayers out there, people that don't believe that you were injured this way. And for those that even do think that you were injured, that you know what, you just happen to be one of those unfortunate few 
yada, yada, yada. Does that hurt inside or is that something now that you've just learned to live with? It hurts. It really hurts because you get it in, in so many different ways. Um, now, yes, I've gotten a little bit stronger to it and a little bit numb to it as well. But there's still some people out there that still manage to get my goat um, just through ignorance. And, you know, even to offer, there was people I said, you know, you're, you're more than welcome. Just come by my house. We'll sit down and we'll have a coffee, you know, together and, and you can check me out. And, you know, and I've said, you know, join Kevin's story. It's, it's as, you know, it's as open as possible to people to see. And the response is, I don't want to do something like that. And I, I, you know, if I have to go into a private group to see your story, um, that's absurd. And just stuff like that, you know, where they'll put up such a fight and try to give so many ignorant responses, but yet have no interest at all in even opening their mind up to it in the fact that it could possibly be happening. Mm -hmm. So as much as I want to spend a lot of time on those, you know, those types of concerns, maybe I spend a little bit too much time trying to draw light to those people as well, because I think it's important to have everyone um, involved in some way, shape or form, regardless of, you know, where they come in at the level, just awareness alone, you know, it's very, very possible. And I know a lot more today that are injured than I did the first time that we did this, you know, our first uh, coverage of this. And, and I mean a lot. So at the very least, I'm getting a lot of people that are injured that are reaching out to me too and saying, Hey, like, is this normal? And, you know, how do we get through this faster? Or, you know, I'm getting these types of responses and, I can pretty much tell them before they even start speaking what they've been diagnosed with, what the doctors have told them and what tests they've run. Right. And then turn around and say, okay, so now you need to do this instead because they're all going to come back negative and right. they do, you know, it's a silent, um, I'll, I'll say killer. It's a perfect storm for a body and it's literally a wasp's nest every day. Okay, so let's just kind of give people the Coles notes here. Uh, yep. The first thing someone should do if they believe that they've been injured, because there's obviously a route that a lot of people go, you're saying that goes nowhere. Where's the first place that someone should go? Well, I always recommend going to your local emergency room for one reason. Hmm. A, they may have learned. B, they need to learn. So right. if you go there you're probably going to get sent home with some sort of a stress medication and say that, you know, your onset is, is caused due to stress. Um, so take it with a lump, take that information, get in your vehicle and turn around and drive to a larger hospital with professionals, different types of professionals in it. That way there, when these professionals do get the, chance to observe you in emerge which they will uh just has to be ordered by the doctor and there are neurologists in those hospitals every day and they will come to see you providing there's a reason for it 
they're triggered on this stuff now. They know what's going on. We've definitely laid a lot of asphalt down uh, uh, so that they understand that uh, this is real. And, uh, you know, even though the diagnosis that they give you is one that tends to cause a lot of animosity, you know, being FND, functional neurological disorder, it's really a, uh, uh, it's, it's a category that not too many people or doctors even know about. So they don't understand what you're actually going through, but the neurologists okay. do. Now with the paperwork, where do they have to file this paperwork? Where do they get it and where does it go? Um, the paperwork that you'll get online is, is very difficult to source. Um, it was brought to my attention yesterday that not one Canadian has, has been approved for the injury relief fund. Um, however, I'm waiting for my response. Um, sorry, I'm waiting for that piece of paper to be signed by my doctor so I can at least submit it. Uh, but that paperwork has been turned in now. This is day number 27 uh, with no signature uh, no signature on my, uh, on my disability claims. It's, it's, uh, when I speak to FND, it's, it's very, very real. Unfortunately, a lot of doctors don't understand it and they do things like this, which make you wait six weeks for an appointment, mm -hmm. you know, when it should be an emergency and it needs to be dealt with immediately. Um, you know, when I say go to see a neurologist, you can't just walk in and see them. But if you're in a hospital that have them, you will, you will get to see them. And, uh, and then that's when you need to pour your heart out and make sure that they believe that, uh, you know, that what's going on is real. And then they'll take care of you from there and they'll get back to that emergency department or the doctors that initially saw you mm -hmm. and inform them of what is real. Right. And whether that works or not, it's just part of paving. Kevin, I know that you are also a wealth of knowledge and a resource for a lot of people. And I know that you're very open and wanting to help other people. So on top of the steps that we've covered thus far, uh, would you like to just basically give an open invitation for someone to reach out to you personally if they're going through some issues right now in regards to this subject matter? Actually, it's probably best if they do. And simple reason why is because I have resources that I would love to share with them that I cannot share generally on my Facebook page. Um, these are avenues that, uh, you know, that took a, took a lot of beatings to get the answers to. So I'd rather not see them have to go through that as well. So please reach out directly to me. I will, uh, um, I'll try to help you figure out the easiest route for you as well as uh, include you in our, uh, in our group as well of uh, over a hundred injured now uh, that we're all personally friends with uh, through this vaccine so that they can have additional and, and different types of support through us too, because we all know mentally what we're going through. And uh, we've all supported each other mentally as well, um, which is pretty cool when you say something to somebody and they automatically can relate.
So, right. you know, don't ever think that you're alone because that's going to be, uh, that's going to be one of your largest battles. Right. And from the moment that you had started the paperwork to where you finally got it signed to where it was acknowledged as being an injury uh, due to the procedure, that was something like a four month period. Right. And if someone else were to have you on board and just kind of have you help them navigate this process, how much time do you think that you could shave off that four months if you could do it all over again, basically? Well, I can tell you for sure, for sure, if you want to beat this, beat this illness, you have about four weeks to get in, be assessed, uh, be diagnosed, and then be treated. Because things like uh, central nervous disorders and, and these types of injuries require fast meds. And one of the regimes that they've been using, obviously, is steroids. And it's a five-day treatment of steroids in hospital um, for uh, GBS is, is one of the things. If you don't get treated in the first four weeks to eight weeks, things aren't going to turn very well for you. Right. So, so you're going to be able to give them some information that will get them on the right track and get them started right away and shave, let's say, that four-month timeline into maybe a two-month timeline. Yes, Okay. And you're saying, and that can have a dramatic effect on regards to reducing the amount of damage in treatment to make them better, potentially moving forward. Absolutely. Especially with things like small vessel disease too, right? Because every time, every time you, uh, you have an issue, it uh, obviously adds up. So a four month period of having tremors versus a two month period of having tremors, or for that matter, maybe even only a very short period of time of having tremors. Um, it's just a matter of controlling those types of uh, symptoms. So right. I can definitely help there. Okay. And I can, I can imagine that having uh, four to eight weeks of less severe symptoms would also be good for somebody psychologically as well. So uh, thank you for offering that option out to people, Kev. Yes. Thank you for making it out there so that they know that they can reach out to me too, because a lot of people um, are leery. And how many doctors have dropped you thus far? Like these are family doctors or local doctors. I just know that you've been dropped by a few. Yeah, so my family physician, last time I was in to discuss my test results, um, I went in with my wife because she's obviously there to help me remember things and to remember what I need to speak to and ask. Um, and she was asked to leave as soon as she asked the doctor if there were any indications of, of permanent brain damage to me. So she was asked to leave as soon as she went out of the office, obviously she was in tears and now I'm upset too because I just lost the person that has been taking care of me. And now I'm in an office with a doctor that doesn't believe me. And uh, she basically looked me square in the face and started the conversation by saying that uh, she is, uh, she's fourth in inches from dropping me as a, as a patient. And at that point in time, I didn't even know that it wasn't legal to do stuff like that to patients. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just bad because they're doing it to people. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and how many times has this happened to you? Um, well, my family physician only did it the once because now I just don't even bother going because, you know, I just, it's just not working out. But uh, I've been, uh, I went to the Emerge uh, three or four times and all the physicians that I saw in the local hospital basically just washed it away as nothing um, and uh, treated me as if I was some kind of a, a drug addict is oh. how they were, uh, how they were treating me, uh, you know, because my gait is really bad and I can't walk very well. I guess a lot of my uh, movements are similar to someone who has a methamphetamine problem. So when I say it's a hornet's nest inside my body, it really is. So who do you move on to from there to get the help that you need? Because obviously you found some people now uh, that have your back. Who would be those people that these individuals should search out? I found an infectious disease doctor in Ottawa, uh, Dr. Cowan. She is absolutely phenomenal. Um, had I not seen that lady, I probably wouldn't have gotten a diagnosis for starters. Um, she really got the ball rolling to the next level for me, uh, because she addressed the doctor, she addressed the neurologist and said, this guy needs to be looked at deeper for vaccination injury. She's a vaccine doctor. Mm. So um, she ordered that. And within three days, I was in getting my MRI. Um, I was uh, getting a spinal tap done to uh, test my nervous uh, fluid. And uh, those test results all came back with, uh, with evident findings of, of damage and, uh, and point to the, to the, the, the fabulous injection. Right. Now, what's the long-term would it be prognosis in regards to what uh, this is going to look like down the road? Is it kind of uncertain? Do you feel like you're a little bit of a lab rat as well? Because this is something that's brand new. We're using a brand new technology. And like I know that they said in regards to the testing uh, that they're doing on five-year-olds to 11. Um, well, I shouldn't say the testing that they're doing. Uh, but I know that they said, well... To have any type of real data, we have to use it first, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's scary. Like, it is really scary, and I'll tell you why. Functional neurological disorder attacks both your brain as well as your body, and it literally will disconnect your body from your brain. So for anyone, including I can't imagine being a five-year-old child um, not being confident that you're going to make it, period, is how it feels. And um, the unfortunate part about this is there is no cure for functional neurological disorder. There's also no known treatment to stop it or prevent it from progressing. The only thing that I can do is... Something like uh, physio, which um, I'm waiting for that uh, referral to happen right now. Um, I had to actually 
call my neurologist and bother them to write me the referral because my doctor didn't. Um, it's very, very important that I get at it as fast as I can. So I'm 28 days already accepted into a program where a doctor wouldn't sign the piece of paper to get me into it to help myself. Mm-hmm. So to be a child, to go through this and to be a parent watching a child going through this and then being told that there's no cure for their child, that's like really, really bad. And not even that, but the other stuff that it does to them that are long-term, you know, like um, clotting in the brain, which causes many strokes that are not detectable when you go into the hospital. Right. So these mini strokes pile up and pile up. And every time you have one alongside with a tremor, it will take out parts of your brain vessels or blood vessels in your brain and kill them. And when it does that, it also kills the cells that they're being fed or that they're supposed to provide oxygen and blood flow to so that you can function normally. And the real sad part about it all and, you know, I, I really, really try not to dwell on this, but if you research small vascular disease in, on a brain onset, depending on how bad the onset is, and I would consider mine as pretty bad, um, life expectancy is six months to four years. So not only have, you know, potentially the next four years of my life been compromised through trying to stay alive, but my family is going to have to watch me go through this as well. And when I look at it from an adult into a child, I don't think I could do it. So this is going to affect so many other people. I know so many people that are already affected that can't do what I'm doing today. So I feel as though I've been preserved to speak rather than to just lay down. Um, I think the normal average human, I think this would have took them out already. Uh, I want to go a little bit deeper into the psychological, because I know with conversations that I've had with you outside of being in a podcast, you've talked about knowing a bunch of people in your position that have written letters like suicide suicide notes so for the person that might be watching right now that is dealing with this or knows somebody that's dealing with this what are some of the things that you can offer up to console that individual and give them a little bit more steam to keep going forward um i've i've pointed to the receptors in your brain they're compromised a lot of them are. A lot of them have to do with compassion. A lot of them have to do with just the process of thinking and how you're viewed from other people. Um, you know, to go from uh, a somewhat normal person to, you know, now I'm, I'm a handicapped person. That's a big change. It's a big change in your mind that you have to try and adjust and accept. And you know, to have to deal with the fight of, um, of being accepted. It's really concerning that, you know, I've overlooked this my whole life and, and didn't even know that this was real, 
you know, that people go through this uh, um, period, you know, my dad taught me to open the door for anybody, it didn't matter if they had a disability or whatever. And now, you know, I still have that mindset where I'll open the door for people. And, you know, and they'll literally watch me hobble to get to the door to open it for them. You know, it's, it's really, really strange. Um, I, I really do hope that these people that have written their notes, I hope that they uh, tell their family members that they've done this as well. And if I can say anything to the family members is they're not doing this for attention. They're doing this to stop the attention. And uh, uh, the negativity that's around this is, is it's, it's bad. And it, and it really hurts people as well as their family members. You know, my wife was in the hospital this week. She's in the hospital because of what's happening to me, you know, um, it's, it's, it can affect so many people, you know, how do you help us? Give us a hug man. just, you know, a fist pump or something, or just, you know, hang in there or, you know, obviously the people that have donated have, have relieved a huge portion of stress in my life because, you know, now I'm 28 days in and I haven't had any income at all. And, you know, everybody knows the mortgages and bills are never late. They're always show up on time. So, you know, if anyone can assist in making the avenues easier to travel, then that's, that's something. And, and it helps a lot. Um, you know, I have uh, 18,000 people, I think, now that are following me on in my private Kevin story. That's, uh, you know, I'm sharing all that information with them. I hope that they can spiderweb that information out, you know, because that's we're not getting it through mainstream media coverage at all. And, uh, you know, and that's hurtful, too, because every time you see an ad that says that this is safe when you're suffering, it drives you the opposite direction. And, you know, to see that amount of funding being put into promoting um, and, you know, and nothing for people that are fighting, it's very, uh, it's not even frustrating is not even the word. It's, it's almost debilitating to the point where, you know, these people that have written those letters, they've already maxed their credit cards and, and, you know, and, and everybody around them has already, you know, like the people that have donated to me, they're phenomenal people. And I thank every one of them, you know, and I've never been one ever to ask for it, but had they not done what they've done, I wouldn't even be at this point today. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just all kinds of stuff. It's it's all the things that you've been taught have to come back around and and it needs to happen to everybody out there, not just people that are hurt. It's the fact that you just feel like you keep on being stepped on. It's like you're on the bottom of someone's shoe and no one is paying attention. No one is saying like, hey, this happens and maybe give a little bit of compassion that there's people that have gone out there and uh, like we all knew that there was a potential that um, there could be adverse reactions. Like we know that now, especially, 
Uh, maybe we didn't know as much then, but with anything of this nature, any medical procedure, uh, there is risk. And for the people that kind of ran out there and got it done early, you could kind of say like, you know what, like they were kind of heroes. Like we're going to take the brunt. We're going to do the right thing. And you do that. And then there is an adverse reaction and then there's nobody there to kind of cradle your fall. And you're like, well, you know, I'm supposed to be doing this for everybody. Where, where is everybody right now? Would that be a, a fair assessment? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And that goes right to uh, uh, another thing where it's different people that come to your aid. Mm-hmm. There's people that, you know, that you never really associated very much with that, you know, show up often, you know, or call me or send me a message and just stuff like that, where you go, wow, I actually did have an impact on their life, you know, and I've had messages from, from people that, you know, were in school and stuff where, you know, I took them in as a co-op student, you know, and, and have them reflect the fact that I had an impact on their life 30 years ago, and they never forgot it. Wow. So just little things keep you moving and uh, you need them. So I see that fancy T-shirt uh, that you have made. Yes. And you've been helping people in a number of capacities, not just by doing these podcasts, but you've also gotten into public speaking now. And tell me a little bit about Courageous Citizen. And I'm guessing that they probably have something to do uh, with getting you to talk at these public functions. Yes, Courageous Citizen is a, uh, it's a very fine group of individuals. They, uh, it's, it was originally established through uh, professionals, uh, business professionals, people that, uh, you know, like firemen and police and, and ambulance and doctors and, and that type of network of people that can see uh, that have a different perspective generally of what's going on. And these people have come together and uh, joined forces together to bring awareness to a lot of really, really good things. And one of them obviously is what's going on in Canada today. And uh, the, they're a very, very uh, great group of individuals. Um, I do do some speaking with them because uh, our agendas definitely align well. And, uh, and uh, they have a lot to offer people as well. It's just a matter of opening your mind up and listening to their, to their, what they're doing. Um, they're online. It's, you know, it's courageous citizens. It's not hard to find, hence the name. It's not hard to remember either. And uh, you know, it's uh, we're all kind of standing together to try and uh, figure out ways to get through this, uh, this new, this new world. Right. And uh, you know, they, they obviously, um, it's a nonprofit organization, right? We're doing this uh, with our own time and uh, our own energies being put into something we believe in. So right. hence the t-shirts, they're available for people as well. And, uh, you know, uh, anyone is welcome. That's awesome. I'll make sure to put that in the link. And I believe that Gallant Media right there in the Valley, because you're coming out of Pembroke, 
and one of my sponsors as well, the title sponsor of my podcast, going to be making those shirts for you next. Gonna, I believe we're doing your next batch. So a big shout out to Galant Media for your websites, graphic design, branding, all that stuff. And you know what? This has been a fantastic catch up. And, you know, you've been talking about people that kind of come into your in your life and people that pop out of your life. And I've known you for quite some time. And this has actually brought us uh, a lot closer. And I can vouch for the kindness of this man. Kevin is one of the coolest dudes on the face of the planet. Always kind, a big joker, <laughs> like a big practical joker. <laughs> And yeah. I'm so glad to see that as difficult as this is, uh, you haven't let it dampen your spirit that much. Uh, you know, I couldn't expect you to be the same. And I think that would be unrealistic for anyone to want from you. But man, I'm telling you, if I was in your position and I consider myself to be like a positivity um, ambassador, and I, I have a hard time trying to put myself in your shoes thinking that I would be able to function at the level and be as productive as you have been since you've had this injury. So I thank you for that, Kevin. You are truly uh, a light, a, a beam, uh, a, a ray of sunshine. You are, you are hope for so many people, dude. And I've had so many people reach out to me since uh, I spoke to you the, this first time. And I'd like to thank you for giving me your time and enlightening me as well to want to dive deeper into this subject and really champion freedom of speech and giving voices like yours a platform because it means so much to so many. Really appreciate it. It's, um, it's also people like yourself that allow us to get connected, right. Um, in many ways and, and be it, through a friendship or be it through us doing podcasts together, whatever the case may be. Yes, I'm helping people, but I need platforms to allow me to do that, which you've provided me with. Um, you know, uh, there, there are others that have helped me as long as well, but there's also a lot that haven't, you know, so those people need to wake up as well and, uh, and maybe watch this podcast. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you'll and, help me do uh, that, I'm sure. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh and obviously um this isn't going to be the end of it either. So I think as things progress and I think as we have more information to offer people, I I think it's a it's a great platform for us to share on and uh and uh one to one to back to couple months down the road and refresh every now and again as well just to uh just to make sure that uh, the awareness is is uh um it's it's being it's being worked properly it's not forgotten well kevin street thank you very much for your time i'm going to make sure that we have the link for a courageous citizen up there uh, so people can support you i'll make sure that your gofundme page is also there you can follow along on facebook it's a private group Look for Kevin's story. I think I'm giving them the DL on everything about Kevin Street. And if you like the podcast, you enjoy the content, and you also want to support a platform uh, that champions free speech and freedom of expression, I would really appreciate a subscribe because obviously the more likes, the more subscribes and thumbs ups I get, the more people that I'm able to reach, the more people that Kevin 
uh, would be able to reach as well. So until next time, you take care, be well, and love simply because you can. Thanks, Kev. Thanks a lot, buddy. We'll see you again soon, I hope.